Attention, attention, all personnel, incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Over and out. We're back with another episode of MASH Matters. I'm Ryan Patrick alongside Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan Patrick. It's so nice to be here again after not being here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we took a little bit of a break. Uh, It was necessary uh, because we've had a lot of stuff going on. I was in a show. We talked about that. I was in Fiddler on the Roof. It was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a giant beard that I have since trimmed down significantly. I miss it. I miss the beard. My (laughs) wife, however, does not miss the beard. (laughs) And you, Jeff, you went to Tampa Bay to hang out with Loretta and Jamie and a lot of fans. Tell me about that. It was a very fun thing to do. Jamie and I and Loretta and I, we had a great time together. Uh, We have a lot of laughs. We're silly and we say funny things to each other and throw paper balls at each other and stuff. (laughs) Met a lot of wonderful people who listened to MASH Matters and who said wonderful things. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And so thank you to everybody that came up to see all of us and to say the nice things that you said, because it it really makes us all feel good. Again, thank you to all of the people who showed up for those three days. It was a lot of fun. Now, you don't have any other comic conventions on the schedule as of right now, correct? As of this day, I don't. Uh, That does not mean, however, that there aren't going to be some coming up. So stay tuned. We will post on our social media channels. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter, or what's it called now? X. Do you, you know this? That Twitter is now called X. Is it oh, Elon? Man, Elon just changed everything, Elon. and so now I don't know. I still call it Twitter. I think everybody's going to still call it Twitter, but you know, I guess the technical term is X. X is not as fun to say as Twitter. Twitter's a lot of fun. It's light and airy. Oh, I'm yes. going to do Twitter, but I'm going to do X. That's not right. And when you go on Twitter, you tweet. I don't know what you do on X. Yeah, do what you, I what don't do want to do? know. You know? <laughs> don't, don't tell me <laughs> what you true. do on X. Hey, what you do on X in the privacy of your own home is up to you. Yes. And it stays on X. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I I have to say this. We had a wonderful Patreon listener come up to the booth, and her name was Rachel Cooper. Mm -hmm. And she's a delightful person. And so thank you, Rachel, for coming to see Jamie and myself and Loretta at the Tampa Convention Center. It was a lot of fun to meet you. So thank you, Rachel. All right. Well, tell you what, we're going to jump into a lot of listener questions. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. And I want to start off with a quick message uh, from Shane. He (laughs) sent a message and said, I couldn't remember exactly where MASH was filmed, so I did a Google search, and look who shows up. And I I did the same thing, Jeff. I went to Google, and I typed in, where was MASH filmed? And there's a picture of us. And uh, that's a little surreal. So, uh, you wow. know, he sent us a little screenshot. We'll put that in the uh, the show notes for this episode. Did you enjoy filming MASH out there, Ryan, when you were out there filming MASH? <laughs> no, I'm just a hanger on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just a groupie. <laughs> So thank you, Shane, for letting us know about that. And also several listeners sent us a clip to this video called Pixar Mash, which is not really Pixar Mash. It's just Mash characters done up in a Pixar animation style. And a lot of people sent us that clip. So we're going to put a link to that in the show notes as well if you have not seen the Pixar Mash video. Well, hey, that's very cool stuff. So um, Bill writes and he says, hi, guys. I was at a toy and comic book collector's show recently and found one of those old promo trinket pocket knives that had Western star Tom Mix on the handle, like Father Mulcahy used in that episode where he and Radar performed a tracheotomy on a soldier in a Jeep. 
I had to explain the significance of the Tom Mix reference to people, which makes me the biggest mash nerd ever, I guess. Now I have my Tom Mix pocket knife to remind me that I need to get a life (laughs) (laughs) and find something new to obsess about. Just kidding. I will always obsess about mash. Thanks for giving us a podcast to fuel my obsession, Bill from nowhere. (laughs) Well, Bill, how nice of you to have no life whatsoever uh, and still write to us. And and I think if you continue to listen to the podcast, you will at least have that portion of your life and to heck with everything else. That's right. You'll have us and your Tom Mix pocket knife. Right. And you can obsess about us all you want because we're still here and tom mix isn't who is tom mix anyway i don't know oh well no. tom mix you don't know no tom no mix i'm is? kidding okay. i know tom mix yeah well for was... all the youngsters out there tom mix was a huge star uh, yeah. in the in the early days of uh, film the silent film he i mean he was a huge western star yeah i always thought the name tom mix was like a made-up name that's his actual name did you know that he was I born thomas mix <laughs> so what a great name, you know, yeah, that's great. and you can find those Tom Mix pocket knives on eBay if you want to get your own and be a mash nerd, yeah. just like Bill. Um, okay. So Charlene says, I'm going through and re-listening to the Mash Matters podcast, which brought up the driver on episode 84. Does Jeff still have the driver? Did the owner of the driver ever get in contact with him? I need information on this driver. Jeff, do you remember what Charlene is talking about? I, You know, I love the name Charlene, but I have no idea what she's talking about. You were talking about somebody had left a driver in the backseat of your car, a, a, a golf club, a driver. Oh, a golf um, <laughs> Yeah. And okay. You didn't know whose driver it was, or or I don't. I can't remember all the details. But Charlene needs to know. Jeff, did the driver ever find its owner? <laughs> well, uh, let me uh, let me go back into the time machine here and or go check your back seat. Is it still there? <laughs> figure out what the heck's going on. The driver in the back seat. Do you have any wow. recollection of this? <laughs> Charlene, are you sure you're not taking something seriously for some condition? <laughs> no, because I, think, I remember I you saying something about really? this. Really? Yes, I do. A driver, uh, did, uh, somebody left a driver in the back seat of my car. That's my <sighs> recollection. That might be wrong. I guess I could have gone back and listened to episode 84 myself. Did the driver but ever get in contact? I, I didn't. I don't listen hmm. to our episodes. So. Well, Charlene, uh, w- let me do a little research about this. I'm going to go out to the car and see if anything is in the back seat. <laughs> And I'll let you know. I I don't know. Is it Charlene's driver? Is that the thing? Yeah, I want my driver back. (laughs) Gee, I'm sorry. I will do research and see if I can figure this out. Get on it. Get on it. All right. Samantha says, other than the late Judy Farrell, who was wife to Mike Farrell, was there anyone else's family member that played in MASH? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 the answer is yes. Uh, there yes, were several. Yeah. The, the three that I can think of. Um, so you have Alan Alda's father and brother. Yeah. Uh, that was in the uh, Linda Hand episode where uh, Dr. Borelli comes back. Dr. Borelli was played by Robert Alda, his father. Uh, they go up to the aid station and they both injure each other's arms and they have to do surgery together on a wounded patient. The medic that is there helping them was played by Alan's brother, Anthony. And so you had a little family reunion there. 
Bill Christopher's wife appeared in an episode where they sang a song together. And then Loretta Swit's real husband at the time, Dennis Holleran, he was also in the episode where the UN delegation comes and he played Pear. Yes. He was her actual husband there for a while as well. So those are the three that I can think of. Jeff, was there any other that you could remember? Uh, well, Jamie and I were married at the time. So maybe <laughs> if that has any bearing... That hasn't been talked about no recently, idea. but yeah, we don't talk about it much, you know. It was a it was a friendly breakup, and we went on, you know, That's, you move on with your life. It's good that you can still be friends. We're good friends anyway, yeah. Okay. Christina says, hello, I recently listened to the Dreams episode podcast. Uh, the question was asked if MASH could be made today. Honestly, with today's sensibilities, most likely not. When MASH was airing, people were far more tolerant of differing political opinions. Now, if someone disagrees with someone over a difference of opinion, both sides are instantly mean to each other. I wish we could go back to a time when both sides were more tolerant. On a happier subject, I was born later in MASH's run. I watched it primarily in syndication. My best memory is watching it with my cousin every day at 5.30 after school. He has since passed away, and MASH brings me back to happier times. I even introduced it to my young son. He loves it just as much, especially Radar. Thank you for making me laugh. I can't wait to get caught up on the current episodes. Well, thank you, Christina. Mm, Very nice. Yeah, she might have a point. MASH today, maybe it would tick off more people than it did. But, you know, MASH wasn't always everyone's cup of tea back then either. Mm Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that group of people who are vocal about things like that. It just seems like nowadays that there's a lot of people who are more vocal about these kinds of things. Indeed. And, and you know, at the uh, at the Comic-Con in Tampa, there were a lot of younger folks who would come over and talk about MASH and how much they enjoyed it and tell the stories that they were, you know, they watched MASH with their parents, a mother or father or their family, and they grew up watching it. And these were young folks. So this MASH thing was pretty good. It's not bad. (laughs) They got it right a lot. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about some younger folks uh, here shortly. And we're also going to talk more about the episode Dreams in just a moment as well. But first, let's say hello to some folks. We're going to say hello to our Patreon members. And uh, let's start with Private John Hobden. Private Kevin Elliott. Private Jolie Scott. Corporal David Harris. Corporal Timothy Burleson. Corporal Trina Conrad. Captain Matt Rupert. Captain Stacy Dresnick. Captain Christopher Walcott. Major Derek Wade. And Major Aaron Gilson. Thank you all, you Patreon folks. We we all we salute you. We're, Ryan and I are saluting right now. Are we not? Yes, I am. Yes, I am too. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening, and we really appreciate you people. You can support the show at mashmatters.com slash support. So we heard from Gianni, and Gianni said, hey, guys, quick question for the show. My favorite episode is Dreams. That's unusual. <laughs> you don't often hear, my favorite episode is Dreams. Right there. See, right there, we lost like half the audience right yeah, there. Yeah, click. They're like, oh, I don't want to hear about Dreams being your favorite episode. He says, I've often wondered what nightmares Henry, Radar, and Frank would have had. What would you say they could be? I thought that was an interesting question. Yeah. And so the day before we recorded here, I put out on our social media, give us your thoughts. What 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 do you think? And boy, oh boy, did people come out in droves to tell us about <laughs> what they thought the dreams were going to be. We had like 200 responses in less than 24 hours all over our social media. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say about one third of those responses were people complaining how much they hate the episode dreams. So you have to throw the 
those out. Otherwise, there were a lot of folks who did give us some some interesting dreams. And so there is absolutely no way that we can share all of them, but we can share a few of them. And I want to start here with Randall. Uh, Randall says, Henry would be playing in the Masters at Augusta, and each shot would veer into the crowd and explode, sending casualties into the fairway. Hmm. Radar's teddy bear would come to life and lambast him for the errors he made while being company clerk. And Frank would be at home writing his memoir about his war experiences. Every time the typewriter bell would sound, the typewriter would leak blood until his entire desk is dripping. (laughs) Gee, Willica. Oh, it gets darker than that. (laughs) Oh, my. You know, just those three. uh, You know, we could make movies out of those three. I know. I mean, there are some really good ones here. So let's keep going. All right. Craig says... Frank would be faced between choosing to save Margaret or Louise with both of them on tables in front of him, and he can only operate on one and the other will die. Radar would be getting picked up at the train station in Ottumwa by his mom and then Colonel Potter sitting in the front seat of the car, and he sternly looks at Radar and points behind him, and there's a chopper with wounded on it with personnel running to it. Henry's would be getting his discharge orders, boarding a plane for home, and then having it shot down over the Sea of Japan. I mean, that one right there. Yeah, that's... Oof. Man. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Right? So, uh, the banks on Twitter is what they go by. Uh, Henry's liquor cabinet key is lost forever. (laughs) That is a nightmare. (laughs) Frank's wife visits him unannounced at the 4077. This is prior to Margaret dating Donald Penobscot. And Radar, of course, would lose his teddy bear. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Those are actually good ideas for shows. I know, right? I like those. I like the wife showing up and the losing the teddy. That's great. Okay. Uh, And Stacy says, Radar comes home to Otumwa, sees Colonel Blake drinking a grape knee-high on a street corner, and tells Radar he's passing through town. The dream brings closure for Radar after the sudden passing of Colonel Blake, who was like a dad to him. Oh, my goodness. I have to admit that one right there got me yeah when i read that one stacy that one that one got me that one gave me um chills that one mm. gave me like twilight zone vibes mm. <laughs> right there <laughs> serena says radar is shaken awake from an afternoon nap at his desk by a nurse to discover that he can't hear what she's saying to him she's mouthing the word choppers he runs outside to triage which is normally buzzing with noise of chaos but it's utterly silent. People are running around him, unloading patients from ambulances, carrying litters, shouting instructions to each other. Radar hears nothing. If he cannot hear, he cannot anticipate. Truly a nightmare come true. He frantically runs around searching for a doctor. He spots Hawkeye kneeling in front of a patient several yards away. He throws his arms in the air to get his attention, trying to scream, but nothing comes out. Suddenly, an ambulance comes speeding toward Radar. With his back turned, he doesn't see or hear the horn honking. Hawkeye looks up at Radar, horrified, seeing what's about to happen, but knowing he doesn't have enough time to react. Just as the ambulance hits Radar, he wakes up at his desk in a cold sweat, and he hears choppers coming. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, where know, were you right? people when when this show was being written, for gosh sakes? You, yeah. Everybody yeah. could have had a great uh, a couple of weeks writing for MASH. My goodness gracious. Yeah. But if wow. you think it's been weird so far, get ready for the next one. Dolphin Crazy on Instagram says, I think Henry would dream that he is holding a toddler with Radar's head on it, and Radar is holding his teddy bear with Frank's face on the bear. 
Dolly. Holy moly. Yeah. Dolphin crazy, would you send me an envelope filled with what you're taking? I just want to know <laughs> just for a weekend. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Eric says Henry would have to balance his wife's checkbook right when Igor turns on the big fan. There you go. All righty. Hey, all right. Like Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who uh, submitted their dreams. And uh, several people also commented that Gianni forgot to mention Trapper. Hmm. You, you can go to our so, – so go to Twitter or X or whatever. Go to Twitter Twix. I don't know what you want to call it. Twix. We'll call it Twix. Twix is good. I go like to that. Twix and then go to uh, Facebook and go to our Instagram pages and you can find the post to read everybody's responses because there were some really good ones that we didn't get to. Very interesting. Dr. Phil would have been a nice a guest to have listening to those just for the heck of it. <laughs> My goodness. There are some warped people out there and we love you. Mm-hmm. So uh, Andrew says, does Pat Morita curse in the episode when the Korean girl says Radar is the father of her baby? The scene where he's talking to Blake, Blake asks, what's the Korean word for suicide? And Morita responds, that's the Japanese. And it sounds like he says, we don't do that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so uh, the question is, Andrew, did... (laughs) Did <laughs> Marita really say, we don't do that shit? No. Well, no. Uh, he, no. N- no, he did not do no. that. Number one, whatever he said, I, I don't know exactly what he said. but I do. N- well, before you say what, what he said, yeah. no, the producers, nor would the network, nor would the studio allow the word shit to come out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they just wouldn't do that. No. Nope. So no. Unless it was Igor serving it up on a shingle. It's and shit, then in that uh, yes. case. <laughs> shingle by yes. Igor. And we actually can't say the word on Mash Matters either. <laughs> <That's> so <right. laughs> we're not allowed to say shit. We're breaking on all Mash kinds Matters. of rules here. Holy moly. Pat Morita says that's Japanese. We don't do that shtick. See there? Yeah. That shtick. Shtick. Andrew, get the wax out of your ears. He said shtick. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Nick says, greetings, Jeff and Ryan. First, I'd like to thank you both for hosting this wonderful podcast. MASH was an essential part of my childhood. I cannot count how many times I've rewatched. I love having MASH content to listen to on my morning commute. As I am in my early 20s, I have only come to know and love the show from its reruns, streaming, etc. A question for both of you. Given its social commentary on the era, do you feel the show has the same impact on newer generations of watchers as it did on those who saw it air originally? Keep up the phenomenal work. You guys rock. Well, thank you, Nick. And this kind of goes back to what Christina was saying. Would it work today if if MASH was made today? Mm -hmm. The truth is, Nick, I don't know the answer because for me, it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of somebody younger today watching or experiencing the show for the first time to know how they are reacting to it. Mm -hmm. I know how I feel about the show, but I've been watching the show since I was a child Mm -hmm. and the show has a very strong sentimental bond for multiple reasons. So I don't know that I can answer it. I don't know what you think, Jeff. It goes back to my experiences at the Comic-Cons where people of younger generations come up and say, I watched the show, I watched the show with my parents, and I watched it, and I love it. So I think, you know, if anybody is willing to watch the show and give it a little bit, 
I think it does have and will have the same impact on any generation because the themes are universal and they're timeless. They really are. And sometimes, well, I think this character is goofy or that character is goofy or I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think the themes overcome that. And if you listen to the story and hear what they're talking about, I think, you know, no matter what generation you're in, you're going to be you're going to be affected by it. For me, the question that he's asking about, do you think it has the same impact on newer generations as it did back then? And that's where I think I struggle the word impact, because when MASH was on television, its first run, there was nothing else like it on TV. Mm -hmm. It was groundbreaking in many ways. And because it did deal with some pretty heavy subjects that no other shows were dealing with, uh, unless they were dealing with it in a jokey manner, but MASH wasn't, people were seeing these things on their TV for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Also, there weren't as many shows back then. There were, you know, three networks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So there just wasn't the the amount of shows nowadays. And nowadays, if a show like MASH came on, it's going to be much more graphic. It's going to be on a Netflix or something like that. And it's going to be very true to what the war experience is. It's, you know, it's going to be more like Apocalypse Now than it is going to be like MASH on TV. Mm -hmm. So whether or not it has the same impact, that's where I'm getting hung up. Mm -hmm. I know how it impacts me, but I don't know how it impacts somebody who's watching it for the first time. A show that premiered 50 years ago that has its moments of hokiness, let's be honest, has a laugh track, which is out of style now, mm -hmm. and their grandparents watched it. So does it have the same impact? I would like to think it does. I know it still has the same themes that resonate and young people do like it. I don't know if it still has the exact same impact that it did 50 years ago when it premiered. Oh, good point. Yeah, it, it's kind of impossible to know, really. Yeah, right, exactly. We're both yeah. guessing, really. We're all guessing whether it does or not. Yeah. And Nick, you're a young guy. We'd like to hear your answer to this. It's an interesting question. Wow. Well, uh, from Z, dear Jeff and Ryan, I wanted to write you a little note. You have often talked about the laugh track on MASH, but do either one of you know where it came from? I do. It was recycled from the Hank McCune show, which, by the way, was the first broadcast show to use a laugh track. I have been a lifelong MASH fan, and when I was in my 20s, I worked in a memory care facility. One afternoon, I was walking down the hall, and I heard a gentleman laugh. I turned to my coworker and said, oh my gosh, that guy sounds like the laugh from MASH. My coworker confirmed that it actually was the guy from MASH, well, his laugh was on the MASH, and told me how his show had a laugh track and that MASH ended up using it. I was very lucky I got to take care of him until the time he passed away, and it, he was an absolutely lovely human being. I always leave the laugh track on when I watch MASH. Every time I hear that very distinct yuck, yuck, yuck laugh, <laughs> it reminds me of Hank. Just thought you guys might find that interesting. On a bit of a personal note, I found you at a very difficult time in my life. I've been diagnosed with some pretty severe medical issues. And to top it off, I found that I have to move out of my home of 15 years because the owner is selling. Binge listening to your podcast has helped me get through this very hard time. I'm happy to say that I'm completely caught up on your podcast. I love you both, and please keep up the good work. Your friend, Z. 
Oh, gosh. Well, it's certainly always very difficult to hear any of our listeners or anyone is having a hard time. So, Z, you know, they say, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. So hopefully that door is going to open and you're going to walk into that nice new house and you're going to have a wonderful, healthy thing. And we hope that for you, Z, really. And I just learned something. I did not know about the Hank McCune show, and I did not know where the laugh track came from. I didn't know anything about the uh, Hank McCune show. Uh, yeah. There's a little bit on the internet about it. It was a, a sitcom that was known as being the first television program to incorporate a laugh track. It began in uh, L.A. in 1949 as a local show, and wow. then NBC put it on its primetime schedule in 50 and 51. and. Now, I've always heard a lot of the laugh tracks from those shows in the 70s were also recordings from the old Red Skelton show. So whether or not the laugh track that was being used on the Hank McCune show was the laugh track that was also from the Red Skelton show, yeah, that I don't know. And if Hank also added his laugh to it uh, as well, again, I don't know. But uh, interesting story, and yeah. I appreciate uh, you reaching out, Z. Thank you. Yep, yep. Chris says, uh, hello, Jeff and Ryan. I have a question, but first a comment. I think my favorite podcast moment thus far was when Jeff was telling about his experiences <laughs> with Paul Michael Glazer. Paul Michael Glazer saying, I don't want any acting. And Jeff saying, well, you're not going to get any. <laughs> a laugh out loud moment and a perfect example of Jeff's humor and why I enjoy this podcast so much. I don't believe the subject of tech casting has been discussed on this podcast. Is it better to have been a feature actor on a very popular show for 11 years, but then find yourself being typecasted for the remainder of your career, or to be a working character actor and play perhaps dozens of roles over a long career? Looking forward to many more laugh out loud times with Jeff and Ryan. Chris from Boston. Yes, Massachusetts. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, great question. Jeff, do you have an opinion on this? I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think probably most actors would choose the lengthy career over the 11-year career and something that was beloved. Most actors want to keep working all the time. And so any actor that suddenly finds himself or herself not working, they start to break out in a rash and <laughs> get real strange yeah. and don't eat very well. And, you know, their marriages break up. <laughs> you know, it's a down feeling if suddenly you don't have a job. So I think most actors would probably opt for the lengthy career filled with a number of different characters over one that was beloved. Now, having said that, one cannot certainly deny that being part of something that is very beloved for 10 years isn't a really, really rewarding and wonderful experience for any actor to have. But if it's over in 11 years and then the next year you're bumping up against auditioning or people going, no, nah, no, nah, he was Igor. No, nah, I can't put it. No, he's not going to be Tarzan. He was Igor. Who cares? <laughs> All right, forget about it. He's not taking his shirt off and wearing a loincloth. The guy was a goofball slopping food out. Give me a break. That can happen. Yeah. So in that respect, I think that's why people would probably choose, any actor would probably choose a long-term career that was filled with lots of different characters. Because you know, Ryan Patrick, you like to act mm -hmm. and you enjoy it and it's very rewarding and makes you feel good. And it's a creative expression and you need to do that. And so if you do it for a while and then all of a sudden you can't do it, then it's painful. Yeah. But if you're, you know, you got 25 years of doing it as much as you like, uh, even though they're different characters, that continues to feel good. And you have a continuous paycheck mm -hmm. rather than not having a paycheck, which right. all actors really love. Well, we all love that. 
I've always been amazed by these actors who I've seen my entire life, but I don't know their names. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. He I, he was in this and this and this. I remember him doing this, but I have no idea what his name is. Mm-hmm. I appreciate and admire his work, but he's not a household name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I admire those who have made their career out of doing those little parts. and But you can still get typecast in those little parts, too. Sure, yeah. You can yeah, you can get typecast as the guy that always, you know, jumps out of the building or the guy that's always drunk at the bar. Right, that, right. That can happen the to you, yeah. Nerdy type, the suave yeah. type, you know, the- that's, It's hard for me. They put me in the suave type constantly, <laughs> and it's just irritating. <laughs> Please give me a nerdy part. Help me. Get me out of this swab thing. Well, it's because of that loincloth. It was. It's one loincloth and you're a swab. That's right. But you know, that's it. I don't know whether I should say this. I'm going to get just a tiny bit current. There is a strike going on. The Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild, they're striking. When this episode airs, they may not be striking. Who knows? And hopefully they won't be. But right now they are. And some of the issues are about money. And a lot of people think, hey, if you're an actor and you're show business, you're getting these few parts, you're rich. <laughs> you're on TV, you're rich. And all the actors they see, well, they're all rich. Well, that isn't necessarily true. There are different pay scales depending on what the part is and how it works. Well, just like any other business. But a lot of actors go through a very difficult time because they're doing something that makes somebody a lot of money. I mean, a really lot of money. The producers or the studios or whatever, and they're making a lot of money. And this poor person is out there doing his you know, part, and they're not able to pay the rent. So the actors are trying to get a fair, something that that brings everybody a little closer. So when they do dedicate their lives to a lengthy career of doing character parts or whatever, at least they're able to live and not, uh, you know, have to borrow money to pay the rent all the time. So anyway, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. No, thank you for saying that. Because, you know, it's not for the Tom Cruises of the world. It's Right, it is not. The big stars who make the big, big, big money represent a tiny percentage of a tiny percentage of a tiny percentage of yeah. the actors who are working in the Screen Actors Guild and the ones who aren't, the ones who are getting the smaller roles and are living job to job and maybe not even that, that's why they're striking. And, you know, I didn't know anything about that because of the huge amounts of money I was paid. Or, gosh, holy <laughs> I remember you sending me some pictures of some 19 cent residual checks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Big, big bucks out there. <laughs> big bucks. Well, I'm glad we solved that problem. So Wayne writes, about a year ago, a puppy was dumped right in front of our house. At least we think he was dumped. It was a very hot Texas day, over 100 degrees, and he took shelter under my father-in-law's minivan, which was parked in our driveway. We did not know he was there until my father-in-law started driving away. He just came walking out looking very scared. Thank God he didn't get run over. Well, my wife and I spent two months trying to find his home. We scanned a a chip. We posted his picture, uh, but nobody had ever seen him before, so we adopted him. As a friend said, Tuttle would be a fitting name as he doesn't seem to belong to anyone and no one recognized his picture. (laughs) Or, as I said, it is Captain Tuttle in reverse. He does exist, but nobody knows him. To be honest, we didn't think of that right away when we decided to name him that. We 
did want a MASH-related name, though. My first thought was Radar because of his big ears, kind of a double meaning. Jeff, uh, you would like to know I also suggested Igor, but as my wife said, people would think of the Frankenstein movies. <laughs> Thanks a lot, honey. My wife still thinks you're awesome. Though. Oh, okay, that's better. Okay, I'm, I, you're forgiven. My wife still thinks you're awesome, though, and always wished you had more acting scenes than you did. Well, obviously, you are <laughs> a brilliant, brilliant woman. Thank uh-huh. you. Yes. Uh, she said that she wanted something that only true MASH fans would get, so we came up with Captain Tuttle. Cool. Uh, you can see his tag in the picture. Uh, we wanted a military military style tag, but the only one we saw was pink. So here he is, the real Captain Tuttle. Feel free to share this picture on your website. Ah, And we will. We will. If you go to the show notes for this episode, you will see a picture of Captain Tuttle, and he is adorable. And it, and it is good. Well, his wife is right. I want to go back. Wait a minute. Let me read that again. And so my wife thinks you're awesome. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep that with me for a while. <laughs> Wait till she sees a loincloth. Huh? Yo, holy moly. Oh, hey. Oh, doggies. <laughs> Jason writes, hi, guys. A quick note to ask Jeff a very specific question or two. Uh-oh. What is your favorite autograph giving story? What is something you would love to autograph or a specific photo you have never been asked to autograph? My son and I started a collection many years ago. I have tried to teach him. It is a way of showing gratitude and appreciation of the art an individual has produced, whether it brings you laughter, tears, joy, anger, regret, etc. The ability to trigger these emotions is a great gift to the rest of us and should be viewed with respect. Jeff, you continue to make me and my family laugh after all these years. Your skill as an artist is an amazing gift to us all. Thank you both for such an amazing pod in a world seemingly adrift mash and the art of mash truly matters. Thank you, Jason. That's really nice. Could you read that again, please? Uh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> just a second paragraph, maybe <laughs> you continue to, and your our skills and artists. Yeah, 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 okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, we love uh, you. You're fantastic. Yeah, man, you're fantastic. <laughs> um, you well, have I, any, think, so- I think the word was awesome and fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Uh, awesome and amazing. I'll take those two. Well, uh, Jason, mm. thank you for asking this. Cause yeah. I am also a fellow autograph collector. You are. And so, and you, my friend are getting an autograph very soon. Oh, that we am, talked about. Oh, it's am, on okay. its way to you. Shall oh, hmm, I tell you what it is? Uh, no, no. Let, I'll let it be a surprise. You're going to love me in the no- loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see, dear Ryan. <laughs> love XOXO. XO, um, do you have a uh, favorite uh, story from giving an autograph, or do you have something that you love to autograph, or something that? You've always wanted to autograph and nobody's ever given you. What What are some of your autograph stories? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, famous, uh, wonderful autograph stories. Let me think. Let me think here. Um, you know, pretty much I've been pretty uh, pretty dull in terms of what I've gotten to autograph. I mean, there are pictures and my book, uh, Secrets of the Mash Mess, The Lost Recipes of Private Eager, the new 50th uh, anniversary edition comes out very soon. But- I can't think, you know, nobody ever said, could you autograph my uh, bra? Nobody ever did that with me. Uh, Well, there was one guy. There was one guy. Um, That's when you and Jamie were still married, right? Yeah, we were still married. And uh, nothing, you know, I wish I could say some kind of wild, surprising thing, but there there hasn't been. A a helmet, um, an army helmet. 
gosh, I, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jason. I wish I could say something, you know, really wild and, and funny, but I can't. Is there something you would like to autograph? Well, the bra. I mean, you could bring <laughs> one or two. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I'll sign anything. I mean, you bring it to me, I'll sign it. <laughs> well, that's a challenge right there. You, yeah. You are issuing a challenge. <laughs> Living, furry, skinny, dead, I don't care. Just bring one. <laughs> Have you ever autographed a body? Like, a, you know, has anybody ever had to sign their arm or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> there was one weekend in Cleveland. There was. Well, what happens in Cleveland stays in Cleveland. Stays in Cleveland. Absolutely. Uh, no, I don't. I, you know, I think I have, but I don't remember too much about it. It was, I, I blanked out for a minute, I think. <laughs> Well, Jason, it sounds like this is a great challenge for you and your son to come up with something really, truly unique. Yeah. Jeff to sign. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on, Jason <laughs> and your son. <laughs> uh, oh, so Bill says, Jeff, that's me. In the final episode, were you happy with the fact they had Igor deciding to become a pig farmer? And if not, what would you have chosen for Igor to do after the war? Well, you know, here's the truth. I was a little unhappy about the pig farmer thing. You know, I'm sure probably in the writer's room, they're sitting around and, what are we going to do? He's a terrible cook. And he's there with all the bad food. And all the, let's see, what do we do? Oh, how about a pig farmer? Yeah, I love that. That's probably the way it went down. Mm -hmm. But I kind of felt it was a little bit lazy. Mm. I thought, you know, hey, maybe there could have been something a little bit more interesting or funny or whatever. And maybe Pig Farmer is funny. I didn't laugh, but, you know, those of you who laughed at me becoming a Pig Farmer is fine. But I was always a, yeah, I was a little disappointed on that's what it was. Um, and as far as uh, what would you have chosen for Ego to do after the war? Uh, I think um, hairdressing, probably a good uh, hairdresser, maybe in Beverly Hills somewhere. I would have gone <laughs> right up there. You know, something like that. Or, or you know, I could have been a um, maybe an actor. Yeah, I could have gone off to be an actor. That would have been kind of fun. Something kind of fun. Something interesting for Igor to have gone off to do instead of being a pig farmer. I mean, he didn't ever talk about pigs. If right. he talked about pigs or farming, I think, oh, yeah, okay, that harkens back to that. But there was none of that. It was he just, worked you in know, a slaughterhouse. I remember there was a, a line about you working in a oh. slaughterhouse. Uh, You're right. But, You're right. But that's still, it's not a pig farmer. So, Well, I think my wife worked in the slaughterhouse. I think you, she was- Your wife or your girlfriend, one of the she, two. Yeah, we worked, worked on, the, on the stun yeah. line. In the yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Bill yeah. also went on to ask, uh, when was the last time you saw a movie in Feel Around? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> deep pull yeah. there for all you Kentucky Fried Movie yeah, fans. Kentucky Fried Movie fans, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Feel Around uh, movie was the first and last time I'd ever experienced <laughs> Feel Around. So far. <laughs> So far. so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> yep. yeah. All right. Uh, and we're going to wrap up with this. Tim writes, Jeff and Ryan, I can't tell you how many drafts and how many times I tried to compose an email to you to let you know how much MASH mattered to me. However, it wasn't until just now that I realized that MASH matters matters to me. No, that isn't a typo. I can't give you an origin story of when I started watching MASH. It's always been a part of my life. Listening to your podcast, I realized why. MASH was on the same night as Carol Burnett and Bob Newhart, which my dad watched. There weren't many commonalities between he and I. He liked NASCAR. I liked baseball. 
He enjoyed reading political books. Me, not so much. However, our enjoyment of MASH was one thing that we did have in common. We'd talk about the lasting impact of MASH and the other shows that featured the MASH actors. When podcasts came out, I tried to get him to listen, but they just weren't his thing. So hearing about the nuances of MASH, the behind the scenes, the trivia became a source of our conversations. In January, he passed away. As you can imagine, not having him around to share the MASH minutia has created an emptiness. Catching up on the episodes, I felt the pain of not being able to share with him, especially in the McLean-Stevenson interview. However, that was quickly replaced with the understanding that while I may not be able to share the stuff I learned with him anymore, I will never lose those memories of our conversations of MASH and the great stories that I'd hear on MASH Matters. Jeff, thank you for helping make MASH mattering to me and my dad. Ryan, thank you for making MASH Matters mattering to me. Thank you again, and Abyssinia Dad. And here's looking up your old address, mm-hmm. Ryan and Jeff. Well, there you go. What can you say? I don't you know, know. I don't know. I mean, that's such a beautiful uh, statement and so many beautiful thoughts in there. It is so impactful to us, and uh, certainly to me, and I know to you, to hear these kinds of things and to hear the fact that we're really helping to make a difference and helping to bring those memories back so everybody can enjoy them, not only about the show, but about everybody's personal relationship with the show. And that's sometimes even more important than the actual show. Yeah, I echo everything that Jeff just said. You know, when we started this podcast, we just wanted to celebrate the show. Mm Mm-hmm. I expected an outpouring of love for MASH because we all love the show. <laughs> it's why we're here. It's mm-hmm. We wouldn't be doing all these episodes if we weren't <laughs> head over heels in love with this show. What I did not expect is that people would also have a real affection for the podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that the podcast mm-hmm. would matter as much as it does to some people. And so if that's you and if we've gotten you through a difficult time by kibitzing and making funny noises and talking about <laughs> loincloths and things like that, great. It's our honor to be able to do that. I mean, it really is. Yeah. But that was not our intention. Our intention was to just celebrate our show and, and have a place where we could just talk about it and relive it and love it and, yeah. and have a big old hug about it. And so when we get messages like this, and we do get a lot of messages like this, and we're, and we're not saying this just to get more messages like this. Right. It's not, right. Like, please right. send us more. Tell us how much you love us. <laughs> just when we get stories like this, it's very special. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Tim, I'm going to leave you this. Uh, Picture this. Private Igor Stravinsky in a loincloth. <laughs> well, that ruined that. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's what I'm going to. All right. Uh, that's it. We're done. That's it? Oh, that's, no. That's it. That's it? That's it for this episode. I have nothing else to do for the rest of the day. What oh, you'll do? find something. You'll find something to do, I'm sure. Oh, I'm going to look for that driver in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Charlene needs to know, Jeff. Charlene needs to know. <laughs> Uh, We'll be back with more. Uh, You know, we have a lot of voicemails and maybe it's time we do another voicemail episode. Yeah, We might be doing one of those coming up and we still haven't forgotten about the season seven recap. Jeff, you need to start watching season seven. Of what? (laughs) Of Give Me a Break. Oh, uh, starring Nell Carter. Love that show. I'm going to watch season seven of MASH and then we'll, we'll compare notes. How about that? Okay. Yeah. No, because we do need to do our season seven recap and that will be coming up soon look for the post on our social media uh to tell us what your favorite season seven episodes are and uh, we have some cool interviews i think coming up too as well that i think you're really going to enjoy yeah lots of stuff on the horizon lots of questions we haven't gotten to but keep them coming mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com and uh, hey we have merch check out the merch 
Uh, and we'll be introducing some more merch as it goes on. You can find all that at mashmatters.com. Who knows? There might be an Igor loincloth coming up soon as merch. And until next time, here's looking up your old address. 